Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to this Friday episode of the Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm glad you're joining us today. No matter what you're doing, if you're if you're driving on a road trip or you're you're out on a walk or your kids are napping or you're doing dishes or I don't know, maybe you're supposed to be doing something else, but you're joining me. I just want to say I'm glad you're here. Thanks for showing up. We have a really great show today. My friend John Onwicheka is here. Uh, I just call him John O. Uh, he's here in Austin in studio talking about his newest project, We Go On, Finding Purpose in All of Life's Sorrows and Joys. And I'm just going to tell you what I said about the book. Here's what I said. I said, John shows us throughout this book with his own personal stories of tragedy and triumph, how we as followers of Jesus can experience both sorrow and joy simultaneously. God's word is the ultimate solid rock for all of us to stand on in times of uncertainty. And this book points us to that rock that will never fail us or let us down. Oh, that joy and sorrow, holding hands is so great. In this interview today, John talks about how we can be people of hope and people of honesty all at once and they intersect and it is beautiful. You know, the fun part about this conversation is that John was in studio and at the beginning we started just reminiscing and realized we're from the same city in the same area and we know some of the same people. It's a fun conversation. You feel like you're with friends at dinner and they knew each other before. And one of the things I was really looking forward to talking to John about was uh, the infertility path that him and his wife would walk down. And, you know, we hear that conversation a lot from women and John has some profound things to say about it. And I was really grateful for his vulnerability. Okay, one of the things that we did not get to talk about, which is sad, is his portrait coffee. Uh, John's company, Portrait Coffee, makes some amazing coffee. It's a coffee shop in Atlanta, and we didn't get to talk about it, and I was so sad, but him and I had a really great conversation that's over on YouTube. Go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube. You can learn all about it. Even hearing the behind the scenes of why he wanted to start making coffee is beautiful. Uh, but he's also giving away five year long subscriptions to Portrait Coffee. So you're going to want to go check that out. Go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button so you get notified when all of our videos hit. And sometimes if you're thinking, I love this interview that Jamie's talking to, I wonder what they look like. Well, go find us on YouTube. A lot of our interviews actually have videos over on YouTube as well. That's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. All right, y'all. Here's my conversation with John O. John, welcome to the happy hour. Uh, thanks, Jamie. Glad was, to be here. I was about to say welcome back to the happy hour, but you've never been here. Uh, I haven't. You were on our other show on the other side. Yep which everyone should go listen to because oh, okay. it was a fire episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so glad to finally have you on this show. Same. And Ugh. I'm glad to be in person. Isn't right? it the best? It is. It's different. It's different, but it's awesome. You came to Austin, which I just want to tell you, I was driving to work this morning and on the radio, I heard some webpage listed Austin as one of the top cities to visit in America. Really? Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was the only Texas City in the top 10. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're a Houston guy. I'm Houston. My wife is from Austin. And for years, we've had this battle of which city's better. Yeah. And well, this magazine says Austin, so you yeah, can let her know that. Uh, I will. <laughs> she wins. Or I won't. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up like outside that. of Houston in okay. Missouri City. Oh, yeah. Where were you? You were in Houston, Houston? Sugarland. That's I right. went you to grew up Kempner. in Sugarland? Yeah, yeah. I what, went to Elkins what, High School. Elkins? What year did you graduate? I graduated in 02. What year did you, you I'm a little graduate? older than you, 96. Ah, that's okay. All right, yeah. That is so crazy. That's crazy. I did not know. I didn't know this either till this that moment. All. Look at that. Kempner Cougars? What were you Kempner guys? Cougars. Look at that. Lucky. Elkins you, Knights? That it is. The blue and the gold? Yes. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, fun fact, I was actually our school mascot my senior year. Were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I agree. Uh, yep. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but my senior year, I just could kind of given up on sports and just wanted to party and do my own thing. But they had a tryout for mascots and I love football. And so my thing was, if I'm the mascot, then I'm I front row seat. I'm, I'm on the field. I'm on the 50 field. yard line. Yes. <laughs> and so I went to tryouts and there was nobody else trying out. So I uh, got really? the job. Yeah, I got the job pretty easily. Nobody else? Nobody else. Hmm. And very often during football season, the cheer coach would be like, Jamie, you need to come over here with us because I would just want to watch the game. <laughs> That's okay. I cannot believe Aaron worked when Maybe we first got married at First Baptist Sugarland. Did he? Yes. That's crazy. Right this around the corner from my house. crazy life. That's wild. 
So great. Well, I got a couple of confessions for you. Okay. Okay. My first confession is that when I knew you were coming to the office. Yeah. And I said to myself, Jamie, don't offer him coffee. Yeah. Because you have a Keurig <laughs> right, with right. coffee from H-E-B, right. Texas pecan flavor right? that you love. But John makes good coffee. But Jamie, I travel. <laughs> I travel with my set. All right. So I, um, I've got a like shaving kit, travel shaving kit. Uh-huh. And I, um, inside of it, I have an AeroPress, a grinder, and coffee. It goes with me wherever wow. I travel so that when I'm in the hotel room. Uh-huh. You don't have to drink that hotel coffee. Well, I take the hotel coffee and I put it in its place, the little trash bin next to the uh, uh, joint. <laughs> and then I warm up the water uh-huh. in the hotel thing and I make my little coffee there. And everywhere I go, I do not leave home without it. It's in the car right now. Man, so. yeah. I should have had you bring it in and make me some real coffee. I can, Although, we can do it. I do want to confess just before you get too excited is that I, I was just telling Lindsay this, we were traveling yesterday and I was like, I, I need coffee. Like I need some coffee. Yeah. You talk, when you talk about the two different kind of <laughs> coffee people in your book, I'm the second one. Uh, I yep. know I apologize, no, no, but no, I just need good. coffee for the caffeine. Yeah. I'll, I'll drink H-E-B coffee. Right. I'll drink hotel coffee oh, i apologize yeah. oh, and i don't even put okay. anything in it hardly so okay anyhow well right. I, I just wanted to confess that to you uh okay i want to i want to talk about what you just released into the world okay. in january and i want to say that i got a copy of this book i mean pretty early yeah as, as you asked for an ago. endorsement on yeah. it yeah and i remember reading it thinking you were so pastoral mm. as you as you wrote this book that's what yeah. i felt like i oh, felt I like you. someone's pastoring me and teaching me and bringing their own experience to the table but yeah. also really pointing me to some hard truths some good truths and so it's called we go on it came out in january finding purpose in um all of life's sorrows and joys yeah and i feel like this is a theme right now yeah. people are trying to figure out of how do we have how do we live in both yeah the sorrow yeah. and the joy. Yeah. 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 So I want to go back all you start this book with you kind of having this moment in January of 2016. Yeah. Kind of this like, I'm off. Something's wrong with me. What was wrong? All right. So uh January twenty sixteen, the coach of Texas A and M at the time was Billy Kennedy, a strong believer. So we linked up years ago. And whenever they would come to Auburn or Georgia, he'd call me on the phone and say, yo, John, can you come and talk to- This basketball coach? Basketball coach. Okay, got it. So I brought a guy with me that I'd been discipling, brought him to A&M, gave the chapel that morning, and then we drove back to Atlanta. I dropped him off at his crib. I needed to uh, take some shoes back to the mall, so I'm waiting in line, I'm tired. And a space opens up. And so I'm getting ready to pull into the space, and this car zooms from behind me and it pulls in and it's these three yeah, girls. And I say, yo, 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 I've been waiting on that space. And they're like, oh, no, uh, we're just going to turn around. After they, like, the car sits for a bit and I start to pull up. They're climbing out of the back door and they go. And, Jamie, I, so I'm ashamed, but I'm just going to say what I do. I rolled down my window, and I'm 30 years old at the time, and cussing somebody out was never so fluent to me. Like, I was stringing those phrases together like a macaroni necklace, and and afterwards, I was like, what is wrong with me? And a space op- op- opened up right next to it, and I pulled in, and I just said, I remember I called my wife, called my friend Richard, I called my friend Tripp, and I said, yo, something's off well for me it was nine months prior my 32 year old brother died suddenly quickly no explanation sat in his car after doing premarital counseling for a couple that wasn't even a part of his church and he was just gone and for the past nine months i was struggling through grief and depression but i didn't know what it Mm -hmm. was called and I thought I was fine. And in that moment, I realized something's off. Mm-hmm. I'm not well. And 
and and I need help. And that was so you know I, I thank God for that wake up call. Mm. And then that was when I feel like my journey through grief really started. That's a lot to take in when yeah. you know. I think it's interesting how you said nine months earlier yeah. your brother had died and yeah. nine months later you had this moment. Yeah. And I think it's so true of how so many times we just kind of think like, I'm good, I'm good, keep going, keep going. Right. And then thankfully it was just in a parking lot and you know, a couple of customers. It could have been something more tragic is right. what I'm saying. Like yeah. you could have just kind of like, we break, we yeah. can't handle it. Yeah. Um, so you called your friends, which I think, I think that's a whole other conversation that right. you had people that you felt safe yeah. with. I mean, that's beautiful, yeah. by the way, that you have those relationships. What did you do? Yeah. So one of the most amazing, I think, gifts was that I called them and there was no shame, no beating me down, no, you should have done better, mm. no, like all the things that I was saying to myself in my head. Yeah. They countered all of that, and so at that point, it was a, I think I need to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. I think I need therapy, and I sat and I started to talk with my counselor at the time, and um, it was so funny. It was like two sessions in, he started to ask me questions. He's like, yo, John, do you like being around people right now? And I said, no. Mm -hmm. And my whole life, I'd been an extrovert. Mm -hmm. John, do you feel pessimistic about life? I said, yes, my whole life, I've been a raging optimist. I could count on my hand the amount of bad days that I had. And overnight, it's like I haven't been able to count the good ones. He's like, yo, John, do you sleep through the night? I'm like, no, I, I can't get rest. And he's like, uh, John, you're depressed. Mm-hmm. And I think most people hear a diagnosis like that and it causes them to sink low. I nearly jumped out of my seat because I'm like, yeah, okay. This explains it. There's so- Somebody knows that there's something wrong with me and if he knows what's wrong, then he can help me to yeah. kind of get out. And And so shortly after that point, I took a, a sabbatical so my my church just graciously said john take some time yeah. off x amount of weeks we don't need anything from you you just get well mm-hmm. and so it was at that point we redid the little i've got this little like 200 square foot it was a tool shed on mm-hmm. the back of my house uh, but I don't work with tools, uh-huh. right? I, I, I build relationships. Yeah. I build trust. I don't build things with my hands. So I turned it into a study and a library. And I started reading the book of Ecclesiastes. And that book changed mm. my life. Wow. The opening words, just like, oh, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And that really grabbed a hold of me because I... um. I had felt that, right? I, 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 I just felt the best way that I can say this. I, I just felt gray. Mm-hmm. I just felt muted, right? I just felt like hazy. And I assumed that I felt that way because I lost, um, other than my wife, probably the most special person to me in the world. And here I am and I read this book and it's like, oh yeah, wait a minute. There's somebody that got to the same destination mm. and it wasn't because he lost anything. He gained it all mm. and he still said that. And so I'm like, yo, if somebody that could lose it all comes to this conclusion, somebody that can gain it all come to this conclusion, you know, maybe the circumstances that I think would lift me up out of this grayness, maybe that's not the real problem. Maybe yeah. that's not where purpose or hope or joy is found. And that just, once again, like the diagnosis of depression, it like it lifted me up out of my seat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's something that I've missed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Ecclesiastes, if you guys are listening, don't know, it's an Old Testament. It's a pretty short book. Right. Um, and in there, you talk about 
I mean, in your book, you talk, you go through the whole Ecclesiastes. It's it's the kind of foundation right. for this book. Yeah. Uh, we go on. Um, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about a teacher. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of the kind of journey through there. And one of the things I enjoyed in this book is you kind of spoke to all of us as readers is like, we're all being taught. Right. Every day, all day Everybody. long. Yeah. Everybody is. And we think like, oh, a teacher was like, we go to a seminary or we're in class or whatever, but we're being taught by our phones, yeah. by our media, yeah. by our friends. And so that feels scary to me. Right. You tell me, like, how does that feel to you to know that? Yeah. So it's a, uh, there was somebody I, I think that he said, yo, if you want to know what water is, the one person that you shouldn't ask is a fish. Because it's all they know. Because they're just in it. Yeah. It's, it's not something. It's just there. Yeah. Right. And so there's an aspect of, no, no, once you know that it's there, it's scary, but once you know that it's there, then you know that it's there. Mm -hmm. Then you know that it's like, oh, no, no, listen, like you are like, we are being shaped, right? Like your YouTube history mm -hmm. is your teacher. That's the stream. It shapes you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we live in this world where like, um, the Apostle Paul in the Bible is going to call it the present evil age, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's it's a world that just makes the righteousness that God talks about seem strange or odd and everything else seem mm. normal, yeah. right? Like, we're shaped. There's a reason why all of us, where it's like, we don't realize how how in a pandemic... People have adjusted to life. They've gotten raises and all our discretionary money is being spent on things like, you know, Invisalign or mm -hmm. our appearance on stuff. It's not that it's wrong, mm -hmm. but it's like, no, but if this comes at the expense of generosity, yeah. then just realize the scales have been tipped by something. There's yeah. something that's starting to push you that mm -hmm. way. And once you know that everything in the world is shaping you or trying to yeah. teach you, then you can kind of take a step back and yeah. take control of your education and yeah. formation. I think that's scary for me as a 40-year-old woman. I think about it too as my kids. Right. I mean, they don't know, a, no no young generation right now knows <sighs> a world where they're not continuing to have like devices or things, right. input all the time, input, input, input. Yeah. And even parenting that is hard. Right. I mean, your daughter's five and I've got teenagers <sighs> and it's just like, it's a lot to know that they're being taught right. by more people than me. Cause when we grew up, the, the things we were being taught by, like maybe we saw like the new, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV or the Simpsons right. in my house. I don't <laughs> right, know right. about you, but uh, I, I watched it on the slide. Yeah, I, right. Same. Know. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we weren't allowed, but we still consumed. But we still saw <laughs> right, it. Yeah. Right. But it's just different now, yeah. you know, and I think it's, I think it's good for us to realize and maybe even take an inventory. Yeah. What What's... What's coming in? What's shaping us? Yeah, yeah. what's shaping us? Yeah. Um, it's really good. You tell a story in the book, and at the end of the story, you say that you have this moment where you realized you weren't afraid to die. Yeah. But you were afraid of wasting your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, not everyone's going to have these near-death experiences. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything like you described in the book. Um, but I think about that sometimes as well, like... I think as you get older, you start to think like, what am I here? When am I going to get to 80? If I make it to 80. Right. And look back and go, did this matter? Right. What are we doing here? Yeah. 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 When you had that realization, what did it change in you? Yeah. I think I was fortunate to have that the summer before I went off to college and I, you know, robbed the gunpoint in Nigeria on a dirt road. And this was, I was already getting ready to go to school and play basketball with my brother. The girl who I thought was the girl of my dream, she was gonna go to that same school. So everything that I worked for or I wanted as a 18 year old kid, I had. And then with those guns pointed to the back of our head, I was just gripped with, oh, wait a minute. I've invested my whole life in these things and they are, they may not be bad, mm -hmm. They're just powerless. Mm -hmm. In this moment, right? I mean, there's nothing that they can yeah. do, and one bullet could take away every, everything. Like mm -hmm. the whole 
like my whole life, what I contributed to the world mm-hmm. could be erased and nothing left behind. And so that just changed me and it set me on a path like, no, no, wait a minute. If God really did make me as a reflection of him in this world, then I want to live in this world in a way where the people that I've interact with, they're better prepared to live in this world without me. Mm. And so it just set me on this journey of, you know, maybe joy and purpose and fulfillment isn't uh, received or it's not had Mm. based on what you get, but it's based on what you give. Mm. Like, yo, maybe there's a reason why so many billionaires are philanthropists because they're like, ah, wait a minute, I have everything. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like there's something missing. So then that sent me as a college freshman saying, all right, I'm going to go and give my life away and help people. Yeah. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Oh, a Christian, Christian home, right? So So, your parents are Nigerian. Yeah. Were you born in the States or Nigeria? Born in Houston. Okay. Okay. Uh, Christian, Christian, Christian. Christian, Christian. So... (laughs) There's so many folks now who have been hurt by the church, scarred mm-hmm. by the church, and they disbelieve the truth of the gospel because they've heard somebody say one thing and they saw them live counter. Mm. I believe in Jesus because I heard my parents talk about him and behind the scenes, they actually lived better than they talked, wow. right? So it was like, we grew up in a household where, like you said, we are Nigerian. <laughs> One of the things that anybody knows. Are the Ochos Nigerian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel yeah, yeah. And so is my friend Mordecai. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And one of the things that they all know. Oh my gosh, I just want to make a point real quick. This is, Mordecai's been on the show, Emmanuel's been on the show, Sam's been on the show, Try John's it. been on the show. Come on. I'm like basically, well, that was going to say something that wouldn't be true, but I love it. All yeah. of you guys are Nigerian. We're, we're here. I love it. And one of the things that you'll find is, um, Punctuality is not a virtue that <laughs> we hold dear. Yeah. It's but African it's, time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's, that's I've got stories about that, <laughs> but I digress. But it's like my parents were the type where, literally, I, this is the house that I grew up in. We would be late to things like, Mom, I'm late to practice. We got to go. And my mom and dad would be like, oh, but we got to pray first. Mm-hmm. Got to read the Bible first. We got to sing songs to the Lord first. So we would do all of that like every day. Jamie, I'm 37 now. I'll be 38 this summer. I left the house 20 years ago. Uh And this is not hyperbole, not an exaggeration. In the past 20 years, listen to me, (laughs) there has not been one time that my mother has called me on the phone that she has not ended the time by praying. If the phone gets disconnected. She's just going to call you back. She's going to leave a voicemail, (laughs) right? Her voicemails are the only ones that I check, Uh but it's like those, and I was going to say those were, those are my parents. They're Mm -hmm. still breathing. So that's the house that I grew up. The benefit of what I had didn't really click Mm -hmm. until I left. Mm. Yeah. Now, I forget the story, and you don't have to tell the whole story. Who was with you when you were held at gunpoint in Nigeria? Me, my mom, and my dad, and my four brothers and sisters. Your whole family? Our whole family. Okay. I I couldn't remember that. Everybody. Wow. That is traumatic. It is. My wife still thinks that I've got a little I would, I think I'm stuff with left that. over. Yeah. yeah, there's times where I can be a little yeah. overly jumpy uh-huh. or aggressive or overly uh-huh. like scrupulous and yeah. vigilant when I find myself uh-huh. in places. Yeah. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You and your wife have walked through a lot of years of infertility. Yeah. You know, we don't often hear about that yeah. from a man's point of view. Yeah. Often we'll talk to women about that journey. Yeah. And um, what has that been like for you as a dude? Yeah. So so the first few years with me and my wife were terrible. Um, really from her perspective, not mine. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was before my brother died. And so I was still this like raging optimist. Mm-hmm. And we say all the time, like, all right. Most people, I think, tend to live in the world as if honesty and hope are parallel streets. You have to choose one. Mm -hmm. I can be honest about how sad I am, or I can be hopeful about how good I am. You have to choose one. You have to choose one. And in the polarized world that we live in, that's the thing. You can be honest about how bad the state of racial dynamics Mm -hmm. are, or you can be hopeful uh, hopeful about how far Mm -hmm. we come. So Mm. my wife understood way before I did, no, 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 honesty and hope intersect. Mm. I can be sad and God can be good at the same time. Those truths are not mutually exclusive. So she was living at the intersection and before my brother passed, I was traveling on the street like, nah, look, hope, you gotta have hope in God. You've gotta trust God and no more. So she went through a a whole lot of that uh, alone. And I kept on saying, no, 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 it's just not yet. It's just not yet. It's just not yet. And then after Sam died, I think it clicked mm. for me. How long had you been married when Sam died? Um, eight years. Okay. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. It clicked like, I've been saying not yet. Like holding God hostage to a promise that he never made. Mm. It could be not ever. Right. And then I told us, like, yo, Chandra. I feel sad this could not ever take place. And she said, welcome to my world. She's like, this is what I've been trying to tell you, (laughs) right? And so I think at that point, once again, she was gracious. Mm. And then it was like, and I had what she didn't, right? Which Mm. is, um, I think often in infertility, uh, sadly, the women grieve so much more than we ever will. And they tend to walk alone while it takes so long for the husband to get it. And then by the time I got it, I had somebody to walk along with me. And so I look back and it's like, yo, I hate, Chandra, that you had those years in the wilderness mm-hmm. while I was You were just blind. out here thinking God had promised you something that he never had. Yeah. You're holding on to that, yeah. Yeah. And then it was, it was surprisingly like being able to, right, it's counter- intuitive it was the being able to mourn together that mm-hmm. actually brought us closer to one another and to the lord i mean that makes sense right you yeah. know it's like this community and right. someone understand like like i think isn't it kurt thompson who says like our greatest desire is to be known seen and loved mm. and all of a sudden you guys were able That's to do happens. that together yeah oh yeah 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 because she felt so unknown yeah and now she's like oh all right you understand what I've sat with. And mm-hmm. so she was there to say, no, no, listen, we can live at the intersection of honesty and hope together. Mm-hmm. And I could say, yo, I'm sorry that my naive optimism uh, made me so blind mm-hmm. to who you were, but now I, now I see you and I want you to know that 
I'm here and I'll listen better. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, Well, fill in the gaps for people. You guys do have a little girl now. Got a little girl. So, um, all right, here's the gaps. April the 10th, 2015. I'm in Orlando at a conference on heaven. The only talk I heard that weekend was, I think Mark Deva gave a talk on 1 Thessalonians 4. We don't grieve as the world grieves because we don't grieve as those that are without hope. He gave a talk that morning. April 10th, after a year of trying to adopt Mm -hmm. in Savannah, Georgia, they come back and they say, we cannot adopt the baby girl that we've been trying to go to for a year. April 14th, I'm at a conference. Mm. Mark gives that talk. Five o'clock, we go to Longhorn Steakhouse and we have steaks and I'm sitting there with him talking and I get a phone call from my mom and I walk outside. She can't track down my brother. I call my god brother and I remember he just told me, yo, Sam passed away. And, 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 and I thought he said passed out first. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, Sam passed out, wake him up. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, Sam passed away. And I just remember like my knees just like shaking. I still remember the like smells. I, I remember the faces of the people on the outside yeah. of the mm-hmm. restaurant and just crying saying, he's dead, he's dead. And you know, six weeks later, started a church. And a year later, depressed counseling, all the while we had been trying to adopt since 2012. So it was like four and a half years of just the most horrendous stories. That's another story for another day. April 10th, 2017, we get a phone call. I'm in my driveway and they say, She's yours. Why don't y'all come down to Columbus, Georgia? And our baby girl, Ava, was born two months premature, three and a half pounds, and an incubator could only come out an hour per day for us to hold her. And so me and Chandra come down there. uh, We go to Columbus. And April 14th, the, the day that my brother died, it's Good Friday. We were staying at the Ronald McDonald's house down there, and I had to come back because we had to wash clothes. Mm -hmm. I had to preach at church that week, and then we were going to come back. And so we take her out of the incubator, and we have skin-to-skin time. Mm -hmm. It's the day my brother died. I'm reflecting on his death. It's like the year anniversary. The two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary, got it, huh? Good Friday that year, the day that Jesus Christ died and took his last breath. And I'm reading to her a chapter in J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, about adoption mm. and you know, I'm crying a little bit and before I know it the doctor just kind of picks her up out of my arms and at this point she was still on a breathing machine she couldn't breathe on her own and he whisks her away and before I have time to protest he puts her back in my arms no breathing machine he's like today's the day that she's going to breathe on her own so she took her first breath Two years to the day my brother took his last breath. Two thousand years to the day, Jesus. Jesus took his last breath, and so I'm cry. I'm bawling now, crying, and it was at that point I realized that oh, like tears of joy and tears of sorrow, they all taste the same, mm. and I didn't know which one was which, and it was like it was at that point I looked backwards and I said, oh, wait a minute. God, you're writing a story that I never would have written, but it's beautiful. Mm. And I guess I, I guess I just got to give you time before I make a judgment mm. on if you're good or how good you are. And that day with my baby girl in my arms changed my life. You say this in your book. You say, I cannot make my life meaningful. I don't have that much control, but I can testify with my whole heart that God made something beautiful in its time when he brought Ava into our family, and he will do the same for you in time. Guarantee. Mm. Guarantee. Jamie, I think the problem for so many of us is that we we rely on our insight to try to make sense of what God's trying to do. Mm. So we want to be insightful and say, ah, I've got this loss. Maybe God's going to use this this way. And 
That's just not how it works. Whenever we discover the meaning that God's trying to do, it's, all, it's most often in hindsight, mm-hmm. not with our insight. Right. It's not it's so true. prospecting, yeah. but yeah. It's reflecting. So true. I mean, I can even look back on, it's so tragic, and we would never want your brother to die by right. any means. But I see this really like shift in your own personal life. Yeah. Um, of how God was moving when you didn't even know, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. You also say in your book, when things are going badly, it's easy to blame God, but there's another way to respond. Yeah. What has that been for you? Yeah. So for me, it's been, uh, you know, patiently waiting for God to finish before I form a judgment on what he's trying to do, right? That's hard. It is. But one of the things, right, you go back, the early Christian fathers, I think it was like Gregory of uh, Nice. What he would say is like, yo, Christians, listen, patience, that's the virtue that's uniquely ours. Mm. So it was like patience was not seen as a virtue before Christians started to exhibit it. Patience was something that slaves had to do Mm. you have to wait and want like Mm -hmm. patience was not a virtue but then you you see this group of christians or you see how the bible talks about faith and every like nobody receives the things god promises them in the way Mm -hmm. or the time right Mm -hmm. nobody's life is everything that they thought it would be yeah and it does require a sense of patient let's wait let's see what God's doing and and it is hard Mm. it's tough there's times that it feels like it's impossible until you learn like it feels impossible but there really is no other way Mm. we don't have any control to speed God up or to make things Mm -hmm. work and so it's more of a surrendering to the gravity of patience, right? That is what it is. We can try to fly out and want to, but there's an aspect where once you embrace patience Uh is the way of life for all of us. There's a settledness. It's it's true even, you know, I started following Jesus when I was 21, uh, but grew up in church, so I I knew about him before I started following him. Um, But I always say like, even when things are so hard and you go, God, where are you? Why is this happening? I don't understand. I still can very confidently say I don't want to be anywhere else but with him. Absolutely. Because the alternative feels even scarier. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just finished um, Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. Oh, my goodness. Have you read it? So I've read it and I've listened to the audio book. I was not a fan of Trevor Noah until love <laughs> I love him. That is one thing. Listen to the audio book. Oh, the audio book. book is so good. I just finished Listen. it like okay. yesterday, oh. literally yesterday. It's fantastic. But I, okay, because you've listened to it, you can understand this. I, we won't give away his story and everything that happens in life, but it, it's, go listen to it, guys. It's really, really yeah. great. But in the end, yeah. you'll know this, and I, but I don't want to tell what happened. He's talking to his mom. Yeah. And he said, and his mom loved Jesus. Right. Loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she still does today. If right. she's still alive, I have no idea. Yeah. But he looked at his mom and he said, with all that's happened to you, how do you still love Jesus? Right. And in that moment, I was like, but where else do we, like, it, the, where else am I to go? Right. And it just yeah. is this kind of like, it, 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 on a side note, like, I don't know Trevor's relationship with the Lord at all right. by any means, but he kind of grew up under that. I don't know if he has a faith, but in, he was looking at his mom going, this is dumb that you believe in a God who's allowed all these things to happen to I you. I know. I know. But, but it's. But where else would we go? Where else? What else is going to. Yeah make sense of it all Mm -hmm. or what else like where else do you have the confidence Mm -hmm. that all of that stuff was and i hate even to use this word but you have to use it all that stuff was allowed Mm -hmm. in order that something beautiful might be Mm -hmm. made and without that the world is a scary place so, to be, there, yeah. full of uncertainty uh-huh. and trage- and and meaningless tragedy mm-hmm. potentially around every corner. That yeah. is a scary, mm-hmm. scary way to live. Yeah. But to be able to know that, even though I, 
I don't know why mm-hmm. or how, but I know that there is somebody in control yeah. and I know that he's good and I know that everything that takes place will look back one day and realize that it's a, it was purposeful, mm-hmm. meaningful. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, a necessary component. And even those words make you cringe mm-hmm. unless you are absolutely certain that of, of the goodness of the who. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. And it's a hard conversation. I and mean, we could have this, we could, we could <laughs> right. dissect this right. for, uh, we could have a whole podcast series <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> on the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Um, but I still can't get away from the fact that even in the difficult times, knowing mm. that God is for me, mm. I just can't imagine being anywhere else. I, yeah. Without the promises of God, yeah. they just kind of feel like, Floating, mm-hmm. it would just feel like floating yeah. off into yeah. space with yeah. no gravity or anchor. Mm. Mm. John, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Jamie. Aaron and I adore you. Uh, and I, I wish I, knew, I adore your wife, right. but I would love to meet her. I'm sure that we're I would coming adore back her to more. Austin soon. Uh, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Um, in this book, we go on. I, I did get to in, endorse it and read it early, and I was yeah. even telling Aaron last night. It's truly phenomenal book uh, and and also as a listener you, 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 just, you it's the audio you can't see it but the book is right. really really cool because it's got photographs yeah. in it it's you're not going to dive into something that takes you six months to read it's a shorter book and it's so I good done a day or two yeah it's so good yeah. um okay john this has been <laughs> we have re- realized that we live like 30 minutes from each other right. and our schools we're in the same district yeah. so you know um, we both love Trevor Noah's book, oh, Born a Crime. Goodness. I mean, Fantastic. I'm going to talk about that. Let me just ask you this. Listeners of the show, you're tired of me saying this. Have you listened to Will Smith's book? I'm listening. Isn't it so good? I'm halfway through. It is just so much. It is so good. So much stuff just about him that you don't know. And he reads it, which is just yeah. like, there's no other way. Got to. Now, I'm going to give you another one. Okay. Okay. And this is All a right. Texas guy. Okay. You need to listen to Matthew McConaughey's Green Line. Okay. So. He reads I've, it. All right. I've seen his I've seen his book in the stores. Don't read it. Okay. Because I've heard people say they read it and they're like, it wasn't that good. I'm like, you need to listen, listen to, to it. it. I got it. It's so good. Yeah. Let's do this. I want to know what you're reading these days. Okay. What, I'm, I'm sure that you take in a lot of books. What are yes. you reading? So right now I'm reading um, Dick Gregory. So I don't even know who that is. Dick Gregory is a comedian. Okay, I'm in. Or he he uh, he's passed now. Okay, but he uh, grew. Uh, he came to fame. I think like the fifties mm-hmm. and the sixties. And Dick Gregory is so insightful. One of the things I love about comedians is they are unfiltered and they have a permission to be a prophet and a truth teller in a way that nobody else does because they make you laugh Uh and you laugh Uh with your mouth wide open and they (laughs) shove that truth down your throat. And he's got a biography that I'm starting to work through and also this book, No More Lies, where he basically goes through and he um, uh, talks about American history. Mm. And one of the things that he says is that um, traditional American history as we learned it is a myth that can only be accepted when we have on blinders to the facts and so it's that kind of punchiness and insight Mm -hmm. that just makes it fantastic so that Toni Morrison um, I love her I'm reading her book uh, Mercy Mm -hmm. uh, right now Um, I'm throwing poetry uh, mm. into the mix. So I've got this uh, book of great African uh, American poets just really trying to, you know, just work through yeah. and engage that. I keep Calvin and Hobbes in the rotation. I love Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Bill Watterson is yeah. my favorite comic. Yeah, I and love so that. Those are the things that I'm spending my time on. You know, I've that. never read a poetry book. You haven't? I mean, other than when I was in school, we probably had to, but I've uh, never like just picked up a book of poetry. Uh, listen, all right. I'm going to start you on one. Okay. Gwendolyn Brooks has a book. And what I love about her is she's, you know, black lady, south side of Chicago. Uh But you hear her 
interpret the world through the lens of somebody that lives on the south side of Chicago. I love that. And so, you know, there's one poem in the book, I forget the name of it, but I'm just struck because, you know, she talks about abortion mm -hmm. in a way that humanizes the loss of the mother mm. who in hindsight realizes the loss and mistake that she made and you mm. and it just takes it out of this politically mm -hmm. polarizing mm -hmm. abstraction and enfleshes it in mm. somebody from the south side of Chicago and she's masterful with words and all her poems are very engaging mm. it's it's a book like the essential uh, works of Gwendolyn Brooks. Okay. She's phenomenal. I'm going to do it. Do I'm it. Do it. Huh? That's one of our goals here at the happy hours. Yeah. How do we just help? I mean, I'll, my main listeners are white, even right. women. Yeah. How do I help them see the world in ways they haven't right. had to see it? Yeah. Not that they haven't wanted to. They haven't had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love about this show so yeah. much. Um, and I recently read um, Subversive Witness. Witness. Yeah. That book, uh, mm. Dominique, yeah. Um, yeah, that book, he was recently on the happy hour as well. Yeah. I have played, I listened to an Audible, and yeah. I have played parts of it for Aaron uh -huh. because it, it reminds me a lot of when we had Esau McCauley on, when oh, we yeah. black. Um, seeing scripture yeah. through the lens of someone else's different life experiences, right. I cannot tell you how much I'm learning how valuable that is. Oh, absolutely. And Esau, his book, that's all it's about. And I it pointed that out to me. But even Dominique's book, when he talks about Moses and he talks about... Um, I, I never thought about Moses growing up so different right. in his his house that he grew up in. Yeah. Because I'm always just like, oh, Moses, like he's going to lead the people and all the things. It, it was just such a great, but that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. It's like, how do I see things through different people's worldviews? Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read poetry. Do it. Do it. Okay, it's so uh, you're a basketball fan. Yes. You uh, were at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, Baylor, congrats to them on winning last year. Last year. Woo. Come on. Were you jumping up and down your house like nobody's business? I was, Jamie, when I tell you my Wi-Fi went out <laughs> no. and came back up. No. And then when it came back up, the video was lagging from the audio. Oh, no. I was frustrated. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this is a... Interesting. <laughs> because I would hear, like, Baylor makes the three. Uh -huh. And then I would look. <laughs> And I'd watch and I'd see him make the three. And, and it was like, oh. I was thrilled through the roof. That jumping. was so exciting. We, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I live in Austin. I'm a Texas fan. Yeah. Um, but any school from Texas, I if know. they're going to win, I'm so happy. Yeah. So uh, this show actually is airing on April 8th. We're recording this before the brackets have even been formed. Before they've been released. They, we don't even know who's going to make the And tournament. call me a prophet because I can <laughs> predict the winner right now. That's what I'm about to do. So Monday night was the championship. Monday night was. And congratulations to the Baylor Bears for winning back-to-back <laughs> -back back titles. To back. Look at that. Uh, yeah. Congratulations not only to Baylor for winning back-to-back -back titles, but for beating Gonzaga Ooh. two years in a row when they were the number one overall seed two years in a row. People thought that they would win. Chet Holmgren, I love him. I think the Houston Rockets are potentially going to draft uh -huh. him. Uh -huh. Sorry that you lost. Yeah. You're going to have a great career in the NBA <laughs> making lots of money. But congratulations <laughs> to the Baylor Bears for true. winning back-to-back -back titles. Uh, that is so funny. Call me a prophet. Uh, I, I, uh, I you? told you earlier that I don't even watch college basketball till March. Right. And then it's so fun. Come on. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and put the Longhorns in there. Okay. All right. All right. Hey. <laughs> Listen. We all know I love you, Longhorns. Well, there's a will, there's a way. Far. We've been to space. We've been to the moon, or, or <laughs> not, or, or not. not. Whatever you think. But um, it's interesting. I talked to Jackie the other day, a mutual friend of it, ours, and she said she refuses to go for the underdog in anything. Why? Right? I'm an underdog cheerleader. Yeah. I want to see the underdogs win. This is what Jackie said. She said, listen, they're the underdogs for a reason. I want the people to win that deserve to win. See, so Jackie is also that one. And I've taught her, it's like, it's unfair because you, I just told her, it's like, you're just 
talented at everything, everything. that you do. Yeah, I mean, you're just she like, just touches I wanna, it, turns to gold. Yeah, I want to rap. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to school. Yeah, yeah so no. she she wouldn't like the underdog. She would not like the underdog. Yeah. Well, we would. We hope that we do see those Baylor Bears. I know. We hope that we did see them on Monday. We saw them. We saw did you see them. that game? It was amazing. Oh, uh, John, uh, thank you so uh, much. Thank you, Jamie. for coming on Happy. This has been thank you. Phenomenal conversation uh, that is going to so be much. so encouraging to so many people. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Absolutely. you guys are listening. Go listen to John on our podcast on the other side. Okay, yeah, it was, do it. it. Let me tell you what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the SBC. Oh yeah, Seven Baptist Convention. So it was a good conversation. Thank That's you, John. Little story. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, you guys, do not forget, we did not get to talk about Portrait Coffee, which is one of my most favorite things that John's doing, but he tells the story of why he started it over on YouTube. So go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube. And over there, when you subscribe and leave a comment, we're giving away five year-long subscriptions. Yes, year-long subscriptions to coffee. Sign me up. Uh, go to jamieivy.com slash YouTube today. I also want to let you know that by the time I'm finishing up this audio and recording this for you, um, the NCAA basketball tournament has already started. And we clearly know that John's team, the Baylor Bears, as he was predicting to make it to the final and win the whole thing, is not going to happen. My team, the Longhorns, is not going to happen either. Both of our teams lost over the weekend that I'm recording this and did not make it to the Sweet 16. But I've still got some Texas teams in there. Tech's in there. Texas Tech is in there. Uh, the Houston Cougars are in there. So I don't know who you think is going to go all the way. You know who I'd like to see go all the way? I'd like to see North Carolina. I'd also like to see Duke. I'd also like to see Houston. I'd also like to see Michigan. You guys, I just love a good basketball game. No matter what, you guys check out John's book, We Go On. I highly recommend it. So many good things in there. Like when he said in the interview today that maybe joy isn't based on what you get, but what you give away. Just this idea of living a life that can hold joy and sorrow in the same breath is profound. And I know it's much needed in a lot of our lives right now. And don't forget, check out the YouTube video where we talk about portrait coffee, jamieivy.com slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.